The Okie Geek Podcast is brought to you by Okie Comics, an anthology publication showcasing the talents of Oklahoma creators with stories featuring Oklahoma. Copies are available at Got Games in Dell City, Green Bambino, Paseo Plunge, and My Chic Geek in Oklahoma City, and Waving Wheat Bakery and Bistro in Norman, as well as your favorite comic book store and nearest library. You can find out more locations and more information at okiecomics.com. Greetings and salutations, fellow geeks and nerds and fellow people of the sort. This is episode number 283 of Okie Geek Podcast. I am Buck Berlin uh, with uh, the founder of this fine, fine podcast, uh, born in the Highlands of Scotland 400 years ago. He is immortal, and he is not alone. For century, he has waited for the gathering where the stroke of a sword and the fall of a head will release the power of the quickening. In the end, there can be only one, Mr. Michael Cross. I am Michael Cross of the Clan Cross, <laughs> and I cannot die. So, uh, weird. Okay. Uh, Buck is taken over. Yep. He, uh, he came in with a gun and said, I'm, I'm, I'm taking over this thing. Yes. Uh, it's really today. a nerf blaster. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Michael has been uh, gracious enough to let me interview him because, um, we were talking last week, uh, uh, his, uh, interest in how, uh, I run the comic shop and how that business works. And, we were talking about uh, interest in um, how the sausage was made, so to speak. Right. Yeah, and uh, I got to thinking, we don't really know much about you. I'm an open book. Yeah, you, <laughs> yeah, you say that, but when I said, hey, Mike, I want to interview you, you said, I don't know about that. Right, because I don't usually do interviews. We're, we're, no, you do interviews all the time. I know, but I don't, I'm don't. i not the person who's being interviewed. Because yeah, but I, because I just, people are rude and don't want to know about you. They just want to talk about themselves. You no, know, because that's what I do when I do a story. I go talk to people. I don't... I don't it put myself out there. That's the whole point of being a, an interviewer. Uh huh. Look who's trying to inherit the earth. That's right. I, uh -huh. I let other people do the talking. It's not my story. <laughs> I'm just sitting in the background. But it is your story by <laughs> you making it everyone else's story. That's true. So, uh, and honestly, this might run a little long, folks, just because uh, <laughs> we have questions. Inquiring minds want to know. Uh, so, uh, what aspect of modern culture do you hate the, the most? And uh, what is the least woke thing you've done? I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> 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 All right. Oh, good. So, I was getting nervous there. Yeah. Uh, which uh, political party do you hate the most? And which do you uh, <laughs> like least about your own? Um, and also, what are your thoughts? on various taxes and uh, not taxes and free money for all. Um, so now that you've joined the Communist Party... I'm not answering any of those questions. Yeah, no, um, I just thought that I'd give everyone a taste of what you have to do on your uh, true day job. That's right. Of talking to all sorts of uh, important movers and shakers and pseudo-important movers and Why shakers. Why did you do the thing you just did? Yes. <laughs> well, uh, I just want to know, uh, why radio, man? Oh, I love radio. I've been in love with radio since I was a little kid, and I used to record songs off of the radio, and then I would pretend to be a DJ and I'd, I'd play, play it on a tape and then I'd record myself 
saying, hey, coming up next, it sticks with... Dude, that is awesome. Yes. Oh, my gosh. So I've been doing radio since I was a kid. And uh, when did you uh, uh, first get your... Uh, first taste of being on the radio. My first taste of radio. I actually went to American Broadcasting School in Dell City. Yeah, that's uh, right next to uh, Old New World. Old New World, exactly. Yeah. And uh, I think you were you still there? No. Because when did you move to? When did New World move? So uh, that that uh, location moved. Uh, I want to say in. 2010, 2011. So then you were still there. Yeah, well, you it, it, it wasn't I, me. It was uh, Well, I mean, New World was there yeah. when I was there because I graduated from there in 2000. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah, they were still there. Yeah, that, yes. So, see, I can't help but interview other people. See, what were you doing? When, you know, <laughs> well, uh, but, yeah, but... But, uh, but yes, yeah. that's where I, I started, and we used to do just radio, and I fell in love with the idea of news, but also sports. We covered the... All 30 games that were played at the big house, the Norwick Arena, which is getting t- torn down right now. Yeah. We, all the high school games, all the high school tournament games for uh, one year in 2000, March of 2000. We covered all 30 games, me and three other guys. And we just switched out who was going to do color, who was doing play-by-play, who was doing the stats. And, just and, and was out. this just live there or was mm-hmm. this on yeah. the radio? It, or? It, was, it, was, it was on the radio. So we had a connection to the radio station, so we would send our feed. And this was your and, first big gig. Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. And and I loved it, but I have since kind of fallen out of sports. Fair so, enough. But at that time, yeah, I knew just about everything there was to know about sports. Interesting. So you were a geek first on radio and then just kind of hopscotched around. Yes, yeah. Now, were, were so, you... Oh, go ahead. Well, so then I, I went and actually, because I wanted to stay in news, I went over and worked at News 9. So I worked a few jobs in television and then went back to school and got my bachelor's degree in broadcast journalism because I knew I wanted to be a broadcast journalist. But I, I still want to do radio, but radio jobs are hard to get. Yeah. There's just not that many out there. Well, and, so. and I mean, especially at the time that you were going because, uh, you know, radio used to be the rock star job. Oh, yeah. You know, like it, it was... You know, get on TV and radio, and you were somebody. Exactly. Well, I was just an, I was an associate producer at News Nine. Uh, worked as assignment editor for Fox, and then got a job at KTOK as um, a reporter, city county reporter. And then 2008 got the job here at KTOK, KOSU, and absolutely loved it. I was so thrilled. Like this is exactly what I wanted to do. That's awesome. So, uh, were you not to do this, what do you think you'd be doing? Panhandling. <laughs> Fair enough. I, no, I don't know. Yes, I'll have a sign that says, we'll broadcast for food. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I think I just, I've done so many different jobs in my entire life as far as food service, retail, just different things. So I don't know. I'd probably be, I'd find probably some way to do kind of journalism. I love doing journalism. So even if it was working for a newspaper or working, I mean, there's television stations and there's behind the scenes jobs. But I would, I think I would do really well. Yeah. So, so you, you prefer to be the uh, driving cog in the machine as opposed to uh, the, the face of the machine itself. Right. Well, I'm, I I like to be the voice of the machine. I'm not, (laughs) I have the, I have the, the face for radio. So I, I belong. (laughs) I disagree, folks. Not in front of a camera. Had I other uh, orientations, then uh, I'd probably be standing backwards. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, don't worry. This is going to get real dumb real quick, okay. folks. Okay, <laughs> hey. That's what we're all about here at the Oka Geek Podcast. Exactly. 
So um, what got you uh, uh, jazzed about the journalism scene? Like, I, I mean, was it uh, was there one particular interview or was there something that like, man, I want to know about that guy? I actually loved the idea of journalism, finding out information, because I've always been curious. I've always wanted to know more about how things work and how things go on. That's why I ask you questions about, you know, a little bit about behind the scenes. That's why I ask people that. It's, well, what's going on that people don't normally see every day? But my first job, which my first real job in broadcast journalism was working at News 9. And I started one month after 9-11 in 2001. So, yeah, that, which uh, I was talking with everyone uh, at the shop about this, the, those that are, you know, 30 and above, yeah. uh, how we were inheriting a world that we were getting ready to change. And then the world changed on us. Yeah. And then it was, you know, not not unlike uh, COVID, you right? Know, very much, it, it's the that's going to be there. The, the kids that are coming out now, that's they're going to, it's going to be there, two thousand one or yeah, 11. Yeah, because uh, the world has changed. Mm -hmm. uh, people aren't seeing everything as uh, they once did. Right. Uh, you know, mindsets have changed and and goals are different. Mm -hmm. So it's it's just kind of a well, what's the next big thing because you know that was kind of the the change in death of of traditional media yeah you know, or the transition over from trans yeah. Uh, oh, traditional yeah. media when that was when when i mean right after 2001 of course we get uh the the social media the way things are told the news that how how it comes out yeah and then uh, your uh, face or uh, your youtube uh took off and other right Facebook yeah. and Twitter all came out in the 2000s. So that was that was the, really the time when we tried to find other ways to tell news stories. Yeah, so that way you could type out whatever you wanted or post whatever video you wanted and be in charge. And then podcasts became a thing. And then yeah. everyone became uh, able to be their, their own radio star. Yeah, you know? the 2000s. I mean, also because, I mean, we say podcasts. That's because at that time, iPods and iPhones, that was the time when iPods and iPhones. So information could be gleaned right from your phone and Google started. I, I was one of the first people to use Google in 1999 Yeah, because I was searching for a search engine. I was searching <laughs> for a search engine and there were so many different ones in the late nineties. And I found this one called Google. I was like, Hey, this one's really good. This, I mean, it gave me exactly what I needed. No fluff just told me, you know, what I was searching for. And so I stuck with it. And now of course it's because I stuck with it. You know, it's only because I endorsed Google. Now they're a multi-billionaire. <laughs> Yeah, uh, my my granddad came in uh, one day. My my granddad comes in uh, would would come in with uh, various stories and stuff, and uh, you know there there's a, a lewd story I'd love to tell, but uh, well, I think we tried to keep this one pretty clean. But this is came, family friendly. Yeah, he came in and uh, said, "Hey guys, uh, I was on the uh, the old computer box and uh, I found a, a new search engine that's better than your Ask Jeeves. Yes. Uh, it's called Google." Uh, and I like it because it sounds dirty and I can use it in conversation. <laughs> Folks, I'm going to go on the uh, computer box and go Google. Yes, right. Yeah. I, I was Googling myself last <laughs> night. You did what now? <laughs> <laughs> so um, what? when you have a guest that you're super jazzed about uh, and they don't want to talk, what's what are some of the best ways to get information out of someone? It's hard for that to happen because usually when I'm going to interview someone, they want to talk. Yeah. And the other thing is the beauty of what I usually interview people is they, I talk about what they're passionate about in the first place. That's the whole point of the Okie Geek podcast. What are you passionate about? So 
what people are passionate about, they are more than willing to talk about. And even whether it's not, whether it's Okie Geek podcast or when I go out and I interview someone at the state Capitol or I interview the governor or I interview a, a state lawmaker or the, a congressman, they're passionate about whatever it is they want to talk about. Otherwise I wouldn't be there in the first place. So getting people to talk about that is pretty easy. Sometimes uncovering the truth behind it is a little harder when you're talking about newsmakers, but yeah. when it's on the Elkie Geek podcast, people want to talk about what they're, and I always tell people, there's no question that I will ever ask any, anyone on the Elkie Geek podcast that they don't know the answer to, because it's something that they Except care for about. What's your Twitter handle? <laughs> well, and every now and then. Yeah. Like, so every now and then you get a lot of, that's like why myself. I changed that. That's why yeah. I had to change that to what, how can people reach you on social media? Yeah. Because some people have Twitter and some people have Instagram and some people, well, I think a lot of people, a lot less people are going to have Twitter once Elon Musk takes over. But, <laughs> uh, but, but fa someone always has some kind of presence on the web, even if it's just a website. Yeah. You know, they've got Twitter or Facebook or Instagram Which, or TikTok or even a YouTube channel or their own website. Yeah. Someone's got some kind of presence on social media. Yeah, because you have to, which yeah. I, you know, I grew up thinking, you know, uh, let your work stand for itself because uh, none of that's going to matter. Uh, you know, I don't care who cooked my steak. Uh, John Lennon sang about peace and beat his wife. Uh, you know, like you, you can't worry too much about you know, that stuff. And then now that's the culture, yeah. uh, that but, kind of stuff. Uh, even, even, I mean, for, for some people, like we've had some artists on here that are on Instagram and it's not necessarily, again, kind of like with me, I don't, I don't interview myself. Some of the, some people have Instagram. It's not about them. It's, it's about, about their, their artwork. Work. Right. right. And you know, it's neat that, you know, we have at least that, right. uh, you know, um, not Oasis, but, uh, we at least have that corner where that can still stand and, and you don't have to, share every nook and cranny of your life. Yeah. But you know, like it, it was just always, you know, you grew up of don't talk about yourself. It, just stop bragging. Yes. Yeah. And now it's the, Hey guys, um, look at my vacation pictures. Yeah. Wasn't this awesome? Yeah, I know. Yeah. Which, uh, you know, I'm told that if, uh, I was taking pictures of all the crap that I make that, uh, you know, I'd be super famous with all the, the stuff and it's the, well, but I make neat stuff. Look how neat the stuff is. Yeah. That's, it's, it's, I, that's, I don't, that's, you know, the social media, the internet has its drawbacks, but it also has its bonuses. Their artists used to, the only way they could show off their art was to go out and, and show it, to do any kind of a, a gallery or to go through a, a con, some kind of convention to show off your artwork. Now yeah. you can actually show it off in front of everybody on this, on social media, yeah. which is fantastic. And you get jobs that way. Yeah. Yeah, uh, like there's a whole bunch of comic artists that, uh, you know, like they, they couldn't do well with sequential art, but they can make a pretty picture. Now they're just cover artists. Yeah. And, and uh, even uh, music industry, mm -hmm. uh, film industry. I found right. out the, uh, the uh, girl that's uh, the lead on uh, Abbott Elementary uh, was TikTok famous or something like that. Really? Yeah, and, and that was her first deal and, and then got the job on the show and she's phenomenal. Yeah. And you can put out shows on YouTube and then there's also SoundCloud to show off your music. There's yeah. Instagram to show off your either photographs or picture or paintings or what, or any kind of drawing. There, there are places to where you can actually get jobs off the internet. There are people I know who will look at someone's fantasy artwork. And go, oh, can you do me a fan? My, my character in D and D, can you make a fantasy? Yeah. Artwork? And so they pay them to make their own character in artwork. Yeah. And, and that's, Kind of cool because, like, 
you know, everyone's complaining that it's killing various industries, but what it's doing is opening the industry to everyone else. And they're saying, well, now people aren't making money. People aren't making stupid money. People are making the average money someone should make for a job that they love and do. Yes. Uh, You know, so able to do those things instead of having to work, you know, kind of a nine to five job, they can actually make a living off of what they're making on the internet. Exactly. That's how I knew that like, we could make the literati thing happen yes. uh, because, you know, hard work and determination so far has made everything work. Exactly. And, you know, I mean, that's that's how I've kept the doors open. It's mm-hmm. the, uh, you know, when everyone else says, well, that's the end of it. It's the, whoa, there's another way. There's yeah. always another way. So Especially with the Internet. Yeah, you know, the, the, the bad thing about the COVID, the COVID was horrible. The good thing about it was it taught us, hey, we can still do our jobs because – we have the internet, we have uh, broadband so that we can actually still talk to our coworkers and we yeah. can still do our job and it's instantaneous. Cause if this, if COVID had happened 30 years ago, there'd be nothing. We'd all be talking, we'd have phone conversations and faxing <laughs> each other, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Mail correspondence. <laughs> Mailmen would be gods. <laughs> so, uh, oh, uh, whoops. One more aspect of that uh, uh, question. Uh, how many times would you, uh, you know, like dealing with a politician who wants to obfuscate and not give their point, how many times would you retry a question uh, and then just move on? It depends on the question, how badly I want to know it, but usually only a couple times. But I'll try to find some way to re-ask the question. or some. And I have said, well, okay, you didn't answer the question. I need you to actually answer the question. I'll repeat the question. So I've done that a couple of times if I've really got to know it. Otherwise, if it's not that important, I can just move on. Do you ever uh, get word from higher up of, of like, hey, you got to ask this once, but don't piss this guy off? No. Nope. Interesting. So no. you, you get carte blanche to... Uh, Pretty much, yeah. Well, I've, that's and, awesome. And I've, I've heard other stories. I've never had this opportunity. But, well, one of my favorite was uh, sitting around a table. We're all a bunch of journalists talking to, I believe it was then Governor Fallon. And we had this old crotchety reporter, you know, the kind that you'd expect just to have a bottle of bourbon in their desk. Yeah. He'd been at the Capitol forever. And Governor Fallon had said something that was just a bald faced lie. And he said, now, Governor, we all know that's a lie. Now we need you to tell us the truth. And I'm like, oh, no, he didn't. <laughs> uh, but that and, and I've heard about stories about people following lawmakers into bathrooms with a microphone and saying, I because if they're trying to avoid the, the reporters, like, no, nope, no, nope, I need you to ask me answer, answer that question. No, there's nothing off limits. Now, sometimes you don't necessarily want to piss the people off that you're asking questions to because you want them to, but they need you more than you need them. Right. Now, uh, what do you do with the culture now where uh, it's pretty much just okay to lie? You have to try and get the, 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 the truth out of them or go to someone else who will tell you the truth. Yeah. Because there's always another side. And there's always someone who's going, you know what? They are lying. I am not allowed to say that someone is lying. Yeah, right. But, uh, but you can point out right. the lie. You can say, well, here is the fact that I know and here's what they just said. Right. And then well, someone else saying, like the, uh, if someone else can come out and say, oh, that's a lie, then I will play that soundbite say, this person says that's not true. Yeah, well, just like uh, I want to say it was the other night there was a debate where uh, one of the candidates said, well, here's the crime rate that's been yes. going on, and and no one wanted to believe the truth. Right. And it and was the, well, they, that's terrifying. When they, when they finally did the fact-checking, the guy who called it out said, no, that's not true at all. No, actually, 
yeah. it was true. And, and you can't, you can't make up facts. Facts are truth. And, and that's, uh, what the candidate came out with. And it, once the fact checkers came in, they realized that, Oh no, this is actually real. And so that's the beauty of fact checking. And, and I think that's gotten, it's easier to do that nowadays. Because well, and, and you know, the, the other side of it is that, well, who's fact checking the fact checkers. Right. And it's the, Oh my God, just believe you're educated people because yes. you yeah. Society has educated them there to the standard of, yeah. yeah. So, um, so what is the weirdest aspect of the job that, uh, people don't get? Like, I know that you have the weirdest hours, like you might be a vampire. The hours are the weirdest thing. In fact, actually, I just went, came back from a con in Wichita and we didn't go to sleep till nine, 10, 11 o'clock at night. And I was still up at four o'clock in the morning. There's just, I cannot sleep past then. Uh, the hours I think are the weirdest. The, the fact that I have done, I think, I think I figured out it's like four actual newscasts before I actually start at five o'clock in the morning. I've done two, uh, it's three, three podcasts or three newscasts, two on, for NPR, the NPR app, and then one for our podcast, which is the KOSU daily. So I've actually done newscasts before I even start a live newscast. Everything's already written. I've already got it together. So, and I am working, not only do I work in the morning, I get here at like three o'clock in the morning, but in the evening, I'm actually writing stuff and putting them together for the next morning. So that way, when I walk in at three o'clock in the morning, all I have to deal with is what happened overnight. <laughs> so I am, I'm, a lot of times I am constantly working. In fact, my son actually asked me, he said, do you follow news? Cause we were at the con. I said, he said, do you follow news on the weekends? I said, actually, I don't. Yeah. I, if something were to break, then I would know. I mean, I've got the alerts. I would know if something were to break, but I rarely, yeah, it's your time to check out. It is. It is yeah. my time to check no, out. Uh, yeah. Last Thursday, which, you know, that's my big day off. Yeah. I was thinking, okay, so black Adam comes out today or I can go sort <laughs> comics in, in storage, which yeah. is real relaxing. And I couldn't decide on which. And then it was the, you know what? I'm going to go take a nap because I'm close to 40. And both of those are technically work. Yes. Even though they're fun, entertaining, and I love doing them. Mm -hmm. It was the, no, let's work. Let's not. Let's actually take a nap. Yeah, let's, yeah. Let's, let's take time for me. You know, well, because like, man, I've been working so hard getting everything ready for Halloween at the shop and yeah. getting everything. You know, so it, it's it's nice just to check out and and do yeah. that. I can't take a nap. I love taking naps, and I'm very good. And they actually wake me up. I'm good. I, it makes me, but I can't sleep then at night, and I have to go to sleep very early. So there's nothing worse than sitting and looking at the ceiling at ten o'clock at night going. <laughs> okay, I'm going to have to get up again in five hours. I might as, you know, or four hours. So I need to get to sleep now. I used to not, but uh, then whenever I nap, I usually put in uh, a harder day afterwards because mm -hmm. I know that I've I've charged and I have to use that extra energy. Yeah. So then it's time to accomplish something. Yeah. So, uh, you know, after that, I worked on some art projects that I'd been working on. So, but yeah, you have such a, a tight schedule. When do you have time for Red Dirt D&D? Like so Red Dirt D&D, we record it once a month on a Sunday, and it runs, we do it from like 10.30 to like 4, 5, 6, depending on when we get done. And then I spend my afternoons are done uh, editing, but which is, for me, editing, it means taking that one-hour game that we played and bring it down to about 40 minutes, and then, then I spend time putting in music and sound effects. The whole thing takes about eight hours per episode. 
And I just work on the, in the afternoons. This is why I don't go home and take a nap. I have to, I still have to work. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And then on the evenings we do, I do, I do a Twitch show. I've got a YouTube show and then we've got another YouTube show that we record every once a month on Saturday. So I am constantly busy. Yeah. It it sounds like it. (laughs) So what's, what was the coolest interview that like sticks out? You were like, man, I either, I can't believe I had that or it was the, or how's this? The, I can't believe that I got that interview. And then the, wow, that was surprisingly awesome. Yeah. Uh, it was actually the one time I was truly starstruck and that was interviewing. You're not going to probably know who this is, but Clara Looper, Clara Looper. Yeah. Famed Clara Looper. Yes. Of the Looper family. Yeah. Do you know who Clara Looper is? Of course. Okay. Clara Looper, for those of you who don't know, (laughs) uh, Clara Looper was a a huge civil rights leader in Oklahoma city led her. She was just an English teacher and she led her high school English to do the sit-ins here in downtown Oklahoma city. And this was before anyone else was doing sit-ins. They were the first. And, I, and I've, I've grown up knowing Clara Looper, knowing her name as a civil rights pioneer in Oklahoma city. She was absolutely huge. And it was the first time that I've ever, and I've interviewed a whole bunch of people, Mm -hmm. but it was the first time I was truly starstruck that I got a chance to sit down with Clara Looper and talk about her history and what she, what her thought process was behind the sit-ins and then the civil rights movement throughout the sixties. She was there at Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream speech in Washington, D.C. Like, uh... It's interesting the people that you end up being just gobsmacked yeah, by. Yeah. And and then others that you're like, okay, they're a big hairy deal, and it's the, I'm smarter than them. Yeah, well... <laughs> or, and, uh, you know, but... And then that, well, that was the funny thing, because it was one day when I had done a... Governor, Governor Fallon at the time, Governor Fallon had a, had a press conference, and there were a bunch of local people who came in and saw it as well. And they all went up to meet Governor Fallon. They were all starstruck with, oh my gosh, it's the governor of Oklahoma. And I'm like, it's just Mary Fallon. Yeah. To me, because that's the thing is I meet all these, these famous people. This other people are like not, they're, they're untouchable. And it's like, I, they're all, I see them all the time. There's yeah. no big deal about it. So for, for me, it, it's those people that, that I, I want to be around. And so that's why Clara Looper was such a big deal for me. Yeah, well, and, and I, I love when that kind of stuff works out. And then, yeah. you know, every now and then it's the, don't meet your heroes, kid. Don't meet your heroes. <laughs> yeah, that's what happened when I met Buck Berlin. No, yeah. no, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I always tell everyone, don't make me your hero. <laughs> <laughs> Please. I'm nobody's hero. No, like yeah. I, I try to do nice by everyone. It, it's, it's one of those that, you know, like uh, not to get too personal or even religious, but, you know, I haven't found what I want out of life or religion mm-hmm. or whatever, but... You know, I dig the idea of Jesus and want to, you know, look more into that. And I find uh, the a lot of the people that, you know, go around proselytizing and that kind of stuff don't mm-hmm. walk the walk and talk the talk. And it's the, I want to live my life Christ-like. You know, it's the, oh, sorry, homeless drug addict. Uh, how are you today? How uh, can, can I help you without just giving you money? Here, sure, I'll help you up. Let's walk you over here. Cool. Uh, mm-hmm. All right, politician guy, let's hear you lie to me. All right, well, I uh, hope you have a nice day. <laughs> you know, it's just be nice to everybody. Help yeah. out when you can. Uh, call BS when you see BS because people forget about Jesus whipping that innkeeper. You know, like it's the, he, he was throwing tables. You know, he, he's not just this peaceful all the time. It's the, you know, do right by everyone else and 
you know, that kind of stuff. So, yeah, like it, it's it's one of those where I understand you have to, you know, kind of uh, take the different uh, high roads on, on some of that stuff. Uh, or, oh, God, I'm, on, I'm off on a really weird tangent. But you maintaining your integrity while interviewing some of these people and having uh, that shown back. Right. Uh, is probably such a rarity. Yeah, it's really nice. When yeah, you know, that, of course, that's why I started the Okie Geek podcast was because I could talk to people who were just on my level. You're right. See, I, I swear I was bringing it back around to that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of that, how often do you have to like reel people back in from what the hell are you talking never, about? Never, never. I don't know. I don't. We started the when we started the Okie Geek podcast. Remember this? I you were you were here when we had four three other people. Yeah, it was. Uh oh. I messed with my uh, headphones. There we go. <laughs> uh, we had, you know, three other people. And so, you know, when we had Joshua on and, and uh, Devin uh, and uh, uh, Nicole, Nikki, Nikki you know, we'd get off on tangents all the time. Yeah. So it, if people do that, if people get off on tangents, that's great. It, it, to me, <laughs> this is, that's what podcasting is all about. That's what long form interviewing is all about is being able to talk about whatever you want to talk about. Even if it is off of, Hey, what did you, did you watch the new Andor? you know, it, <laughs> you know, just something like that. I love that. It's what I love about podcasting. Usually in television, there's such a short, you have such a short amount of time that you can't get people onto a tangent, but I've also been really good about if, if I need to, I can bring them back. Right. So so, uh, and speaking of which, we've only got a few more minutes left, so you might want to says you, okay, quick then, uh, <laughs> who's your white whale interview that like you've, you've either had lined up or like you're dying to get them. Uh, I would love to interview Mark Hamill. Okay. I'm never going to interview. I'll Mark see Hamill what I can do. I'm never going to interview Mark Hamill because I only do local stuff. Yeah. So uh, it's never going to happen until but, now. But Mark Hamill would be very cool. I'll, I'll see what I can do about bringing people in. Uh, let's see. Uh, who's the most surprising fan that you've run into? Uh, I, when I would go out, whenever I go out to just a non event, and you hear the people shout. Yeah. I, when I hear people, when I'm going to like just a non event, like I'm not going to KOSU, like I'm in the grocery store or the bookstore or something like that. When people are, they look at me and they go, you sound familiar. I say, well, do you uh, do you listen to KOSU or, or NPR? And like, well, I'm the morning edition host. You're Michael Cross, and I get that every now and then. Or my wife does that too. They're like, you're married to the Michael Cross. <laughs> yeah, my wife gets the you're Mrs. New World, <laughs> which is funny because you know she's uh, uh, a very brilliant civil engineer uh, in her own right. Yeah, uh, you know, has, has her master's, but is also a wonderful uh sculptor she mm-hmm. she does ceramic uh, uh sculpture uh, uh clay everything and uh she's you know got her own following in her own right you know and, and i always make sure that i give her a table at my own show and that kind of stuff yeah. and she makes friends with all the artists and and all of my friends and like wow we really really like you and then they find out that she's married to me and it's like, <laughs> oh my god <laughs> so uh i i would be remiss to uh uh go further without asking when did you figure out the voice I did not figure out the voice. I've always had this voice. I yeah. used to have people say I had the voice for radio. Yeah, but but you you, you come on, man. Just real quick, get into the voice for everyone. Uh, well, okay. So with a with a look at your KOSU forecast, whenever I'm talking like this, this means that I am doing news, and only <laughs> when I talk like this does it mean I'm doing news. So you ask yourself, can you even stop that? And I say no, like a shark. If I stop. I will die. <laughs> no, so uh, what I've noticed about the voice and it, why I bring it up, 
It's very much a British affectation. Very much so. It's yes. without, without the actual British accent. Yeah. Yes. Lifestyles of the rich and famous. Champagne yeah. and caviar <laughs> dreams. <laughs> but yeah, like it's it's kind of uh, one of those like the uh, old timey uh, 30s and 40s. Yes. Uh, you know. I think that's where I fell in love with the the voice. The idea of a news person was from those old newsreels. Yeah. I yeah, because I was alive at the time. I said, well, go, no, How old are you? It, well, but, <laughs> if, but that's the thing about geeks is like, if you have the interest, you will find it. Yes. Yeah. Um, okay. So how many more minutes do we have? One. One. Okay. Quick, Mike, what's the uh, meaning of life? 42. Oh, okay. Oh, no, it's the, I don't, that's the answer to the life, the universe and everything. But no, the meaning of life is be nice to people. Exactly. That's it. If you're nice to people, nice things come back to you. That's exactly. it. If you're a jerk. You, then jerky things happen to you and you deserve what you get. Yeah. Although if you pay for some of the, Oh God, this is supposed to be a family show. Why would you go there? Michael cross. <laughs> oh my gosh. You're the voice of NPR. I am. That's yeah. what they say. <laughs> but yeah, uh, there is uh, a lot of uh, time and we're running out of time, right? Yes, we I'm are. trying to go over time just a little. You've already gone over. Yay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> as soon as I put in the it. tag of this thing. Ah. Okay, well, uh, Michael, thank you so much for letting me uh, play around and do this. Uh, folks, I swear that we'll have a more normal Okie Geek next time. Uh, we'll interview uh, other people and still talk about weird uh, things. So uh, from uh, Buck Berlin and Michael Cross of this actual uh, podcast, uh, keep calm and geek on. That's it. Yay. <laughs> 